Hey there and welcome. You are listening to the Parkview Global Podcast. We are so excited for you to join the conversations between our Global Missions hosts and our amazing guests. Don't forget to follow our social media accounts at Parkview Global. Now, enjoy the podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Parkview Global Podcast. My name is Bill Carroll, and I am the Global Pastor at Parkview Christian Church right outside of Chicago. As always, I am joined by Christy Mullen, Parkview's Africa Coordinator. Welcome, Christy. Hello, everyone. We want to invite you to follow along with us as we welcome a different one of our global partners on the podcast each month. Today, we are joined by a good friend of ours, Dermot Omahani. Dermot is the senior pastor of Elevate Community Church in Limerick, Ireland. Elevate Church is a new church that was started in 2012, and Limerick is the fifth largest city in Ireland, and the team at Elevate are doing really amazing things. Dermot and his wife, Marie, have three kids and just bought a brand new house. Super exciting. Welcome to the podcast, Dermot. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. It's great to be Absolutely. with you. It's going to be fun. All right. So first things first, we always try and start on the serious stuff. At, at this recording, it is currently summer. Uh, you've lived in Phoenix, Arizona for five years at one point. Tell us about That's how right. crazy hot Phoenix is in the summer. It makes us in Chicago feel better. <laughs> right. Well, I don't think any anything could have prepared me for for Phoenix. You know, I think the the hottest it, it kind of gets over here would be um, um, may, maybe high seventies, eighties. Oh, yeah. wow. You know, so uh, I arrive in in Phoenix. My first time ever in Phoenix was in March. So the weather was Perfect. beautiful. It was like a wonderful Irish summer. And I was thinking I could suffer for Jesus here for a little while. You know, I could I could do with this. Um, but yeah, first summer started hitting around May, June. Um, and I was like, people choose to live here. <laughs> is, this, is this voluntary? By July, I was, man, this is... But you know what? It was funny because all the little things that people assume. So for example, like how to hydrate mm. properly. I never... I mean, we practically live underwater over here. I mean, it is just, it, you know, so... Uh, even learning how to hydrate, how how not to pass out from the heat, you know, th things like that. It was a massive learn. I mean, you just cannot describe how hot. It's like opening an oven and having the, the <laughs> wave of heat just hit you. So um, I, I figured it out eventually. It took me about four years to figure it out, you know, so... Um, but it, it was it, it was it was great. I mean, it was interesting that, you know, one of my first uh, duties over there was kind of working outdoors. Um, and the irony in that was pr pretty funny, too. You know, I'm out in 115, no. 118 degrees. <laughs> One of our staff members here did an internship there when he was in college. And he said he'd go out to get the mail at midnight barefoot. And it was, the ground was still too hot to walk on. Oh, it's, it, I mean, it's putrid how hot it gets. Just so bad. That was my first. That was yeah. my first Phoenix mistake: is walking on campus and kicking my shoes off to just oh. walk around. <laughs> I couldn't walk oh, for yeah. a couple of days. It was I burned myself. So, um, so Dermot, talk to us about growing up in Ireland and your experience with the church growing up there. Well, I, I mean, for me, my I mean, my my personal experience, and I, I think generally my generation's experience was. Um, somewhat of a of a uh, complacency you know it didn't really have a massive impact on our lives um positive or negative you know it was kind of more of a neutral um experience you know we were never in my family you know uh christmas easter you know no no biggie kind of a deal where where 
the rubber hit the road with us was more of the the stories of the previous generation kind of what was going on but then it really around 2000 or so um all the actual all these things were were being on 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 what's the word i'm looking for uh revealed i guess um about you know things that were happening within the the church kind of on a, on a state level and that caused a lot of resentment and a lot of hurt and you know and rightly so in in a lot of cases so more of a, a anger towards the institutional church you know so what one of the, the really important things that that you had to distinguish was people really had no and still have no generally speaking no issue with god they have no issue with, with jesus or the holy spirit they have an issue with church so when somebody says i don't like the church they're not saying i don't like jesus and i don't you know they're not saying that they're saying just the institutional religion has hurt us on a state level and you know i, I don't want anything to do with it so i really was very neutral i i believed in god i i would even say it was beyond belief i, I really had a strong belief in god um, but I never did anything about it because there there was no outlets to do that. At least in my environment, there was no outlets. So uh, so it, it's very difficult for people with the, the rug being pulled out from under them spiritually, you know, saying, man, I hate church, but how do I connect with God outside of church? You know, and it, it's really trying to create these conversations. So, um, so yeah, I, I would say I, I didn't really have a negative or a positive experience personally with the church. It was very neutral. Do you feel like that that's an average response to the church in Ireland, or do you think you were probably more involved with it than most people? Um, I would say it would be an average response for my age group, my age category. Um, you take, you know, my parents' generation, completely different story. Um, you take people who are maybe 10 years my senior different story now i remember and i i laugh at this even though it, it is very serious but but i i smile because people think you know oh this was 100 years ago 200 years ago uh, even in my class in school you know most every school here would be church run like we witnessed your know, teachers and and clergy just beat the snot <laughs> out of pupils just after but it was so acceptable and it was so normal Nobody even bat an eyelid at it. So, uh, you know, it, it was just it was just the way it was. And when you don't know any different, that then becomes normality. Yeah. So, um, so I wouldn't say that my generation necessarily has a has a hardcore grudge. Generally speaking, I'm sure there's individual cases, both positive and negative. But I would say previous to me, there there was very negative, yeah. very negative. Um, Do you? Response. Do you make it a point with your church staff to encourage them not to beat people up in the church? Right. Well, I, I mean, unless they deserve it, right? I mean, it's, you know, there's, you know, there, there, there are certain cases where, you know, they, they verbally it only works so far. Every now and again, somebody needs a kick. You know? <laughs> All right. So walk us, even. <laughs> walk us through uh, your journey a little bit, because obviously you have a cool story where you actually left the country for a while, then you came back and you had the heart to come back to where you started at. So walk us through your story a little bit. Well, when I came to faith, it was it was around 21. I was about 21 years old. Um, you know, I had a belief in God, you know, kind of went to some 
Christian camps and things previously. So there, there were, I can definitely see how God had, you know, intervened and put certain people in my life, very influential. But it wasn't until I was about 20, 21, where I actually, you know, accepted Christ, I would say, and did something about it. Now, the issue I had was... I really like was so motivated to do something. Like I wanted, I wanted to do something for the church. And I went to a local church here in in Limerick, and it was incredible. Like it was a great spot to kind of ask those questions, and with just this desire to do something. And what was interesting was, you know, I had met my wife. Now, obviously, I didn't know she was going to be my wife. You know, apparently she knew, <laughs> but I didn't. So, so I um, said, "Well, yeah, that's obvious." Yeah. Well, I mean, it, I mean, in fairness, you know. <laughs> She's 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 only human, you know. So uh, we're gonna have to so, we're gonna have to edit this thing. No, we're not. So we um, you know, I I met her and I googled churches and I had um, you know, tried to reach out to some churches just just to get ideas on like how how are you reaching your community? And I'd reached out to a lot of churches, you know, in the UK and the US and things like that. And and one of the most impactful things to happen to me was, you know, there was churches in Limerick and they were doing a stellar job with the resources and stuff they had, you know, um, but just trying to think outside the box on this. So I emailed about 50 churches. Um, now, at the time, you know, email is kind of, you know, we're back in the back in the the, the MySpace era, you know. So, um, so I'm emailing churches and trying to figure stuff out. And out of every church I emailed, one church replied, just one. Um, so I, I latched onto that church and I was like, hey, you know, can you send us that? You know, we're figuring figuring things out. Um, the reason I bring that up is, well, my my wife comes over and uh, she, she turned out that she attended that wow. church, uh, which was, I mean, the odds of that are just, you know, unbelievable. So um, during this, I really felt, you know, with, with this church particularly, just to go there and learn. But at the same time, I felt really, really called to stay home and figure stuff out and do here. And it was such a confusing time in my life. How can I be called to two places? It's like, I feel called here, but I also feel called here. Now, in hindsight, I I figured out, you know, through, through prayer and, and just allowing and listening to the Holy Spirit was, you know, go there for a season and come home, <laughs> you know? And that's how I, I kind of reconciled what I felt was two callings at once. Um, and that's how we ended up in, in Phoenix for almost five years was uh, my wife was from there. Uh, we married in, in Phoenix. Um, we met, we met here. She was studying at the university. So, uh, so went there and, and honestly, I, my goal was just to hang out at the church, figure it out, not even remotely, not even on my radar to go into ministry. Um, got to the church and uh, Larry Fraley, who's the missions pastor at, at Christ Church of the Valley, just, I mean, for him, I think it was just more of a fill in the gap comment, which was, hey, do you want to, you know, work and do an internship till you figure out what you're doing? And I was like, sure, you know, be cool to kind of embrace that environment. And I did. That's how I. That's basically what kicked me off into ministry was was just that what seemed at the time like just a, a fill in the gap season, um, turned into doing an internship in sports, which was incredibly ironic because I have zero interest in American sports. Zero. I mean, I can't tell you how uninterested I am in it. So uh, worked there, but it was outdoors in Phoenix. Outdoors. So I'm just like, are these guys? 
So went from there to coming on staff to working in their neighborhood ministry and small group ministry and um, and really being coached because, again, no intention of going into full-time ministry. You know, that was never on my radar. But looking back on how God was saying, man, if I told you what you were going to do, you'd flip out, you'd freak out. So I'm going to reveal it to you just little by little. So, uh, and that's really how it happened because, you know, prior to me working at the church uh, and even that season in the church, I never spoke in public. I never spoke to more than three people at once. You know, I, I'm actually quite introverted naturally, you know, and it's, it's more of a, okay, God, let, let's go and do that's this. That's really you know, coming so, uh, across today. I want you to know that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, for, for 30 minutes, I can get the energy up. When I finish, when I finish this, I'm taking a nap. <laughs> so. Closet somewhere, like right. a fetal position. Right. So that's, so that's, that's kind of how, how I ended up there. And then, you know, really what was happening in Phoenix was Don Wilson, the senior pastor there, and, and Larry and, and, and others, lots of others, just really mentoring me and helping me to prepare um, to come back. So I was there. This was it was such a, a pivotal moment, I think, for Marie and I, because you know how it goes, right? You go to the U.S., everything is bigger, wider, better, 24-hour stores. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> You guys have no comprehension. Costco, Costco. I mean, I still have a Costco card. <laughs> I do. I still have a Costco card. But we we had our first child in Phoenix. Um, both my wife and I are working for the church. We have a kid. We're comfortable. We have so many friends. Beautiful home. And I, I remember saying to my wife, "If we don't go back now, wow. we're not going to go wow. back." Like we we're too we're too comfortable. Like we've really gotten it well made here. So uh, I went to to some people at the church to to Larry and Don, and I said, "Not everything in me wants to stay. It really does. But if I don't go now, I'm not going to yeah. go." And you know, credit to them, they understood. They were like, "Okay, let's get an exit plan in place." Um, and even though I felt called to home, there was still that kind of grieving season you know of, of hey, I'm, I'm gonna miss this life that we've created and truth be told this is this is the gospel truth right? the morning we leave to move back home i am physically vomiting oh. i mean physically throwing up um with fear like i'm just so nervous i'm so nervous about what the future wow. holds so um so yeah it was, it was definitely a, a a journey of you know grieving really but also the excitement of man we get to come home like we really get to come home and and, and do this here so so that's kind of how we ended up there and and came back so uh it's been a it's been a wild ride so then how does um how does it work with elevate what kinds of um what kinds of things is elevate doing that is different than than the other churches right and and that's you know one of the things that was so important to us is are we just reinventing the wheel? Like, are we just becoming another cookie cutter church that are going to, like, how are we going to be impacting different, you know? And one of the things I learned quite quickly was in Limerick, there are, there's about eight, maybe 10 churches. And Elevate at the time was the first church to be planted in 20 odd years oh, or something. Wow. Right. 
So out, outside of, of the established mainstream churches, so outside of, we'll say, the, the Catholic mm-hmm. Church, um, it was the first, there's about eight or nine churches that uh, would would be kind of more evangelical or identify as, as that. And well, what I learned very quickly was that all of these churches, like when it comes to kind of belief and theology and, you know, all that stuff, we're the same. Like we really are. Like there's very, very little difference. And even to this day, we meet, I meet with them monthly and we we just have incredible camaraderie, you know. So I start to think, man, if the gospel, if just preaching the gospel and just, you know, having a solid message is going to do the job, then it would have been done. You know, that that if it's just about preparing a good sermon, then, you know, there's great preachers in Limerick, there's great sermons, you know, there's great things. But I think what we brought to the table and one of the things that, that we do a little differently is not growing up in church for me has given me one of the biggest advantages in ministry for me personally. Because every time I write a sermon, this computer I'm on right now, every time I write a sermon, I have my brother's names at the top of my screen. Like I'm, I'm talking to them. You know, I, I want to approach them. And, you know, because I didn't really have a... Uh, a negative or positive experience growing up in, in the Catholic church. Um, it, that's been wonderful too, because a lot of my good friends now are priests, you know, and, and we're able to have wonderful dialogue and, and try to communicate to them, Hey, this isn't about what you identify as, whether it be Catholic or Protestant or, you know, Baptist or whatever, forget all that. It's like, let's talk about Jesus. Let, let's see what, what he wants to do with us, you know, and, and allowing the Holy Spirit kind of influence us that way. So getting rid of the denominational names and just focusing on, you know, let's, let's see what Jesus says to us, you know? So that was huge. And I think for us, a, a massive thing is, and this would be one of the kind of core things in Elevate is not expecting people to act like Christians when they're not. So when somebody comes through the door and they're, you know, spitting, cussing, sailors kind of a thing. It's like, you are the person we want here. Like this this church, is it's for you. Because, you know what, there's so many things that are already for Christians. And there's so many people, so many things for people who know Jesus. But, you know what, we, we want those people. We want the rough and tumble, the ones who don't know Jesus. And to be able to relate to them on a, on a level that they don't feel, I need to know everything before I come. That's so, awesome. Not at all. <laughs> That's awesome. So, um, so that I think is is how we approach ministry slightly different. Now, again, the other churches in Limerick, incredibly welcoming, friendly, wonderful, accepting people. I just think our personalities are where where we differ slightly, um, which is wonderful because the team we've built around us has been, you know, it's just been incredible. To, you know, knuckleheads draw knuckleheads. You know, so. <laughs> You know, we, we have a lot of people at the church who are just, we, we take Jesus seriously and we kind of laugh at everything else. That's awesome. So Dermot, we, we love stories. So tell us one of your favorite stories or, or a couple of them of how you saw God move in an amazing way at, at Elevate. Well, um, there's a few actually. I, I think actually, you know what? I'll go with the one that jumped to my mind straight away. Um, so Again, just about people and them connecting with, with the church and the suspicion of the church. Because remember, we're trying to start the church and people hate church. <laughs> you know, we're, we're trying to start the very thing that people 
really have an issue with. So we constantly bring it back to how do you know Jesus? You know, what's, what's the story? So there was a, a lady who, who came to the church um, first time, you know. So uh, very cautious, very, I, I would even say borderline scared. I really would. So she came in, of course, we, we kind of put her at ease a little bit, you know, where we look a little weird, you know, to other churches where we're right, doing a little thing different, you know. And so she comes in, it's fine. Um, anyway, over a period of maybe two months, you know, we're having coffee, we're hanging out, people are befriending her. Um, and she's softening. You know, you can really see the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was working in her long before she came through the doors. So it comes to the day where she decides to get baptized. She accepts Jesus, wants to get baptized. And we are just, I. this wasn't our first baptism, but I think it was close to it, right? So she says, hey, I want to get baptized in the river. There's a big river that flows through through Limerick, the Shannon River. And she says, I want to get baptized in, in the Shannon. And we said, you know what? That's wonderful. There's lots of jacuzzis and <laughs> swimming pools we can go to. And she's adamant, I want to get baptized in the river. And I, as I'm thinking of, you know, just how spiritual I am, I'm just like, man, that water's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to get into that thing. You know, that water is bad. So, uh, so yeah, so we're like, okay, this is this is where it's at. So we all after church go down to the river. You know, she's about to get baptized. And we go in, uh, Justin and I um, go to, into the water, you know, and we baptize her. And it's such a wonderful moment. Well, she gets out and she kind of talks a little bit, a little bit of a testimony kind of a deal. You know, she's talking a little bit about it and what nobody knew. I, I had no idea. Nobody else was. That first Sunday she had came, come to church, that where she got baptized the day before is where she was going to commit suicide. Whoa. And she came to church. She said, I'm going to give it one shot. And she wanted to get baptized in the spot where she was going to commit suicide. So it's kind of a, you know, hey, where I was going to lose my life, I gained my life. You know, and uh, it was just such a cool, cool journey for her, you know, just a cool story. So, I mean, that's one of many. I mean, I could stay here all all day, but uh, it was just, and it was impacting even for us to know, you know, when somebody comes through the doors, we have no idea what they're going through. We have no idea what week, you know, month that we don't other situations. And it's, you know what, let's, let's just play it safe and just love everybody. Yeah. That's cool. Absolutely. Yeah. You and Marie have done such a good job of living life on mission, which is kind of one of our main themes. Um, and you have a great story about how God led you and he led you away and led you back home, all that kind of stuff. What would you tell someone who's looking for get where God is leading them to serve in their life? And you know, maybe it's not leading a church. Maybe it's in their business or their community or how do you, how do you hear God's voice? How do you know where God's leading you? You know, it's, it's one of the things that I've struggled with mm-hmm. a lot, honestly, is, man, is this my desire or is it God's? Yeah. You know, is this what I want or does God want me to do this? And I remember a long time ago, Marie and I, um, and it was about mainly moving home, you know, and we're like, hey, God, we just want to hear your voice. We want to hear your voice. And I remember we're, we're praying, and this has gone on a long time. And I remember, I, I'm almost certain it was Marie turned to me and just said, will you shut up and listen to him? <laughs> and I was like, "What? What? how dare you? <laughs> I was indignant, yeah. So, um I mean, one day, and it challenged me because so often I'm I'm talking to God, but I'm not listening to God, you know. And so often I'm just praying, but I'm not sitting back and giving that time for the Holy Spirit to to really, you know, work on me. 
Um, so, I mean, the best advice I'd give to anybody, whether it's starting a business um, that they want to go into that God might be leading them in that direction or a school decision or it, maybe it is ministry or, you know what, it, it could be going on a short-term mission trip. You know, the best advice I could give anybody is, you know, absolutely pray into it themselves and with others. But to step back and say, God will speak to you the way you, you kind of hear him, you know, and, and to allow him, he, you know, to listen, basically, yeah. is the... The, the, the bottom line is that, well, what does he sound like? And it's like, you know what? Every, every time I read scripture, I, I always hear these about these promptings and these leadings. And I, I don't think it's a cookie cutter for everybody. Mm-hmm. I think it looks different for every person. And um, I don't know what it looks like for the people listening to this. For me, it's always that sense of fear, you know, that, that I have. And I'm like, man, I, I sometimes it's like, I, I don't want to do it. But I know that feeling I get for me that it's kind of like it's anxiety and indigestion combined. <laughs> and I'm kind of like, oh, that's what the Holy Spirit feels like to me, you know. So, so I, and oftentimes I don't understand it. It doesn't make sense. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of uh, a lot of uncertainty, but that's what it feels like to me. So I, I'm not sure how your listeners will will feel with with how the holy spirit speaks to them but sometimes it's audible you know it it depends so uh i hope that answers your question but that's how i would that's how i would that's a great answer so last question how can our listeners pray for elevate and for you and your family oh how long do we have left on this (laughs) Um, five minutes (laughs) you know there's there's so i mean let's start with the church um you know, the, the church, like every church globally right now, is going through this this yeah. crisis. Um, and we've been blessed through our socks with partners, you know, like Parkway. And, you know, we have Orchard Group mm-hmm. and diff- just different people giving us advice and, and pouring into us. But at the same time, there's so much uncertainty. There's so much fear. You know, there's and I guess, I mean, to pray for Elevate and how we navigate this, you know, spiritually for people. Um, practically even, you know, because coming back together with all these new restrictions in Ireland and, and all this stuff. So just praying for wisdom, yeah. uh, praying for guidance. You know, the, the congregation themselves are, so half are still watching at home, half are kind of coming yeah. back, you know, slowly. But I really believe that this whole thing has created so much opportunity. And people have watched the church and how the church is responding. And, and we, we've, even through this, have been get, getting a lot of visitors to the church. So um, I, I'd say for the church, just pray, pray for us in how we, we manage and guide and lead in this and, and that we lead by example. Awesome. Um, for, for our family, it's, as you said at the beginning, we, we've, just, we've just got a new Yay. house. Um, 13 years in the making, um, and we finally got a house. So we're just chuffed about that. So um, for us as a family, I think just praying, going back to school. You know, we, we'll have three kids in school this year. Uh, and Marie and I are, are kind of, that's a new season for us as well, uh, trying to manage three, three kids in school. Um, but yeah, just, just that we lead well in that. I think we're, we're, we're right now in a place, I think, of, of more praise than anything. Yeah, yeah. You know, we're just so grateful for not the practicalities of a house. I mean, that's, that could be gone tomorrow. Right. But I think we're, where we are as a, as a family is just really wonderful of, of just being able to see how God is working through, through the church and even with our neighbors. Like, we've just moved into a new neighborhood. So, you know, even our interactions with the, with the neighbors, it's just been just 
such a confirmation that we're right now where God wants us to be as, as a family. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the, I, I guess, just thank God for that. So we'll absolutely pray for that. That's great. Um, we're, just, we're so just so glad to be partnering with you and like that we could, we could get to all serve the way we do. And uh, you were actually here in Chicago last year and I was in Ireland before that. And, and, and we have a team that was supposed to be over coming over to you guys. Cause one of the amazing parts of Elevate is that this is why Ireland is awesome. Is that your how, how old is your the building that you guys meet in? Oh yeah, it's oh a hundred and sixty years old or something. There's nothing one hundred and sixty years old in Chicago. Right. Um, so one of our teams is going to come over and actually help develop some more space because you guys are growing like crazy. You need some more kids space, some more student space, and so really excited mm-hmm. again to have those teams go over next year and just continue to develop a relationship between our two churches because because. Uh, we serve a big God and it's awesome. That, that's very yeah. true. So uh, just for all of our podcast listeners, uh, you can find uh, all kinds of notes in the show notes, uh, information on Elevate Church and Dermot. And, and you can find information on all of our global partners also in the show notes. So check that out. And Dermot, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you guys for having me. This is wonderful. I love I love being able to talk with you Fantastic. guys. Fantastic. Have a great day. God bless. Bye, Dermot. Absolutely. Absolutely.